I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. This is the... 2nd of November 2022, the COB for that day. All the stuff you need to know about business and markets and the FOMC, no doubt, today. Kyle, what yep. do you think? Um, we just wait now, don't we? I'm, it's like they've told us they've told us what they said they were going to do. They've leaked to the media what they might do. And now we just need to wait for the next 12 hours to, to, to bloody understand what they will do. Well, I think they will lift by 75 basis points. Well, we know it seems that much, to that's be, for sure. Yeah, it's the commentary that will come after from Jerome Powell. Where Will there be any hint that the pace or the aggressiveness, I suppose, of these rates will slow? How are they interpreting the data? I mean, all the usual suspects, but it feels as if it's taken on a bit more weight of expectation because we've seen you know, relative enthusiasm heading into this. Yeah, well, I, the, the phrase, I think Mary Daly must have coined it. I don't know if it was Nick Tamiros, who's the kind of Fed's go-to guy now at the Wall Street Journal, that like that the language of step down, which is not a pivot, it's a step down from 75 to 50s, whether that obviously won't happen at this meeting because it's almost, well, it's baked in and that'd be silly to, to, to give <laughs> the market that kind of a present. Uh, but we're asking now, at what pace do they get to 5%? And I don't know if the last few weeks with these sort of leaks and what have you were trial balloons. I just wanted to see how the market would respond. You know, I mean, do they have justification to step down? Uh, you know, we've had obviously arguments on both sides of the ledger the last couple of days. Again, we'll find out in 12 hours, but it's just, it's, it's just, it's really, uh, it's really peculiar. It's really peculiar. Um, well, what it has meant here is no fear of the Fed. So up a, a green session uh, mm. heading into this decision, up by two-tenths of a percent, roundabout there. Week to date, up by 3%. So it appears as if things haven't turned around greatly in November. Still pretty enthusiastic here. Yeah. So what's that? That would be about 10% off the lows then if that's the case. If we've gone three, three just to start the month. Three, and I think it was six last month. Almost, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's pretty impressive. When I had a conversation with David Sikulski today, for example, that's mm-hmm. just one of many, yes. saying, look, there's no reason for the Fed to take its foot off the pedal. It sh- and also, it doesn't matter, to your point, how they get to 5%. It will happen. And he reckons there's still a lot more pain to come in terms of U.S. earnings downgrades. But in that conversation, what I thought was interesting is he said, mm-hmm. because another factor today was this so-called you know, easing of or pathway to potential um, out of the COVID zero policy in China. He said the China pivot on COVID will be way more influential and is much more um, uh, you know, impactful than any so-called Fed pivot because think about it you know what will that mean for stocks because that will be the demand side of the equation coming back so what does that do to inflation what does that do to any of the hard work that's been put in so far from central banks i can't wait to have that question on the last call this week whether it will be a a 
positive or a negative for inflationary pressures because it comes back to that sort of supply you know demand dynamic yeah we're going to have you know increased demand but their inflation isn't a big issue at the moment in china yeah but it's it's exported to the rest of the world because apparently you know we're we're hearing that a lot of the supply side the supply chain issues that have led to some of Mm. that uh end of the equation for inflation have actually rectified themselves to a large extent no, not completely. I never said that. No, no. Um, I'm just, again, I but just it's can't not sort of depths of pandemic supply chain yeah. shock kind of material. Which, anyway. if you remember, that's why we were told that inflation was transitory at the beginning, is yeah. that because it was supply side. Have to tune into the last call. I want to tr- see if we can get a good debate. Why are we waiting for that. the last call? Well, because we have we need expert guests to, to <laughs> ask them whether it'll be inflationary or, or not. That's Friday. I, I'm just really oh, excited. Okay, it all right, it's Wednesday. God, oh, oh hey, tomorrow's so Thursday. I'm, okay, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> You're right. I will. Uh, I'll ask people in the interim, <laughs> but just you know, keep people on the hook for the week. Yeah, you might want to listen to that interview from David Sikolsky yeah. if that's something that interests you. It's not in the show notes, but you can find it on the website. If you don't go there already, why wouldn't you? osbiz.com.au you'll find the uh, the the conversation that uh, Kyle just had at the close yep. of the session which getting back to equities for a moment here locally you know was a positive one Remilius yep. resources blue scope doing really well today there's the china story coming through i, I saw that popping up at uh, yeah. the end of the day when we saw the leaders and laggards on the screen and it was all yeah coronado remulus um, who else was there? I think it was a lithium player, which might have been more on sort of company specific news, but it was it did seem to be that, that 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 China thematic coming right on through. Yeah, well base metals, you know, spiked and again, you know, just showing I had a conversation with Vivek Dar, which is in the um, show notes today, just about he said that the you know, the market reaction to those I won't call them rumors, but like unsubstantiated reports that uh, there was some sort of a plan to get out of COVID zero in China just shows just how much that is weighing on mm. that asset class in particular. But he said, regardless, China will exit from COVID zero, likely to happen after the second sort of, I'm, I'm going to get the terminology wrong, but you know, the follow-up meeting to the NPC that just happened. Right. So he actually calls the bottom of the iron ore market. I don't want to give it all away, but he calls it for end of March. So end of first quarter, 2023, which obviously is really important, you know, for investors here um, yeah, locally. Hugely important for the index as well. Yeah. Um, on the flip side today, Domino's Pizza was out. It said that its short-term outlook is challenging. So this is just as the market is closing. Mm. I do reckon we'll be talking about this plenty tomorrow. So it is maintaining its medium-term outlook. But uh, again, it is saying that it is expecting currency headwinds and that first-half earnings will be materially materially. Mm-hmm. Lower on year, so that's a profit warning coming from Domino's. Shares any, were down by five percent. Um, yeah, I'm not. I s- I literally, yeah. just sort of reading the headlines coming through. So clearly, there was time to react in the match out. Domino's, the worst performer on the 200, off by five yeah, percent. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I'm um, stock of the day, though. With CSL, look, no big move on uh, on the back of this, but it was a stock of the day. Has signed a licensing agreement with an American. A therapeutics company for MNRA technology. So let's listen in to what Andrew Whiteland and Henry Jennings had to say about CSL. Uh, as an overall business, uh, I really do like CSL. Um, it's one of the few direct shares that I, uh, I still own, um, and it's trading at a pretty healthy discount to consensus. Consensus is about $325 relative mm. to the share price at that time. $280. It's got a strong return on equity. It's got great profit margins. That uh, influenza business is one that I particularly like, uh, given the strong margins they make. They've got that good order from the NHS. 
relating to anyone over 60 getting that super duper um, vaccine. In yeah. fact, over the last four months, they delivered 135 million doses. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's a great business. It's a buy. The other problem I see that they have um, is, well, inflation, apart from that, uh-huh. is um, the US, what have we got in the US? Unemployment, 3.5% or something crazy. Yep. Now, a lot of their product comes from people in the US selling their blood. They don't donate like I tried to. They sell their blood. Now, when the economy is good in the US, people are more reluctant to sell their blood. This is one of the problems they had through COVID. You know what I found really interesting about that discussion was the talk about the economic conditions in the United States and the difficulty in getting people to give their blood because people are paid. That was so interesting for me. Yeah. Also, there was a big problem in the pandemic with people not being able to cross the borders. A lot of Mm. lower socioeconomic people give blood. A lot of uh, immigrants um, uh, give blood. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, but uh, I mean, for me, I I donate blood. Look at the halo over my head, Kyle, Mm. but I go to the Red Cross Probably not as frequently as I should, but I do donate blood. But, yeah, the system of getting paid for your plasma. I mean, I've watched a documentary where literally people who, um, yeah, you know, are, are scraping the bottom of the barrel mm. and, and look forward. And sometimes they lie about when the last time they gave blood was. And, like, yeah. this is CSL involved in this kind of stuff because they can get 50 bucks for it. It's, it's pretty... It's um, pretty confronting stuff when we are fortunate enough to live in a country like ours. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so CSL, uh, yeah, I think the shares were up a tenth of a percent or down a tenth of a percent. So I don't, I don't think it had a lot to do with, you know, necessarily. Still well, that, that sort of gives you the market's reaction to that news. Mm-hmm. It wasn't earth shattering. Amcor came out. Look, it was down by four and a half percent today. It said that its um, earnings per share, uh, well, it reaffirmed its outlook. It reported a strong first quarter. Um, just seeing one of the brokers weighing in saying that while the first quarter performance was in line with expectations, attention is likely going to go to the earnings per share guidance cut that came through. So there you go. MCOR got beaten around a little bit uh, today and um, Vulcan Energy was out today. We spoke with its MD off by 1.3% looking to expand in France. Uh, That's just the very, you know, top line headline coming from that. But, you know, pretty patchwork. Banks higher today. Um, lithium getting knocked about, Macquarie down by 1.6%. Um, yeah, it, not a ton of corporate news really to hang our hats on. Yeah, we haven't had that for a few days, have we? I mean, we've, we're yeah. getting a few, um, you know, the, the drips and drabs of earnings season. We still have the big US retailers to, to report next week. I think Pfizer came out with a bit of a warning, which mm-hmm. didn't really give you much of an indicator for the broader market. But I mean, I think earnings growth for across the S&P 500 is expected to be about 2-ish percent um, for Q3 now, which is kind of disappointing, but we've kind of put it behind us now and it's sort of back to this, you know, macro story. I guess, I don't know, it's going to be so significant as to what the Fed does because they open that open that passageway to um, a, a step down in, in rates and they give the green light. I mean, that could be a pretty positive six weeks because we don't get the Fed meeting again until the middle of December. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, time flies. Know. Uh, yeah, Are you I having know. a crisis again? <laughs> But also, I mean, if they if they sort of signal some sort of step down, I don't know. I think J.P. Morgan was saying you could see, you know, share price or the market rise 10 percent. Like like that's the kind of volatility people are talking about. If you see some sort of a big change in rhetoric coming from the Fed, I just think they've got to be so careful. Um, 
you know me, I wouldn't have very much luck having to watch my <laughs> language and wording <laughs> to that extent. But who knows? Um, you spoke of earnings and it reminded me that we still do have a couple of the big banks reporting in the next couple of weeks. Yes. So don't forget, we've not yet heard from NAB, not yet heard from Westpac. Um, so those are coming in the next couple of weeks. I had a chat with Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool today. It's available via the show notes. And um, yeah. He's not he's not really keen on buying the big four right now, despite, you know, these rising interest rates, despite net interest margins Housing? expanding. Housing and, and competition, but you're right. going to have to listen to that one yourself, Kyle. I will. No, I ever heard some of it. I just only mentioned housing because we did have the um, the, the um, yeah. data out today on building approvals um, and spending. It was spending data, I believe, that was um, a little bit better than expected. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was... Um, that was actually a discussion I had over the weekend quite a lot with our friend Chris Weston about the correlation between housing clearance rates and the, and the bank's share price and whether, you know, the net interest margin story, as positive as it is, will uh, counteract the fact that, well, house prices are still falling in Australia, which I did speak to as a, another name drop, Pete Wardron from Buyers Buys this afternoon <laughs> as well. Yeah, go to our website. Boy, yep. we're shameless today. Oh, Can't boys. help but notice that there's not a lot of news even coming ahead of the European Open. I wonder if that's just, you know, pre-fed amble. Yeah. Um, you know, it's also just, we'll have a, I just we'll thought have a of it. I was a bit, mm. bit cynical with dominoes, but what a great day to dump some trash out at the close of the session. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just know. take out those pizza boxes. Take after the out hangover. those pizza boxes. Hoping yeah, nobody notices. <laughs> um, I suppose the other thing too is just mentioned we might have a bit of jobs data out of t tonight in the US. The ADP figures, which oh yeah. will um, precursor the NFPs, which also come after last night's jolts report, which was stronger than expected, which suggests that maybe the US labour market hasn't been beaten down enough by the Fed. So just a another kind of more um, an argument for the hawkish hawkish side for well the Fed. I saw tomorrow. that in the jolts last night. Yep. Mm. Complicated picture. Yep. Don't we reap what we sow, <laughs> you know, and all that, uh, which, you know, I had a bit of a, a debate with my husband this morning about, mm. you know, stimulus and, and monetary policy and, yeah, not our normal breakfast conversation. However, I was going to say it must get mm -hmm. pretty heady. Yeah, I know. Look at us party animals talking about the Fed and the RBA and inflation and. Yeah, I mean, he, he was sort of referencing the 2024 line from Phil Lowe and the RBA, but um, yeah. I guess I was kind of being cheeky and playing devil's advocate hardcore but yeah. you know like extraordinary times uh, yeah. i think it's going to take a long time before we can really write the history books on yeah like where the mistakes were and and uh, i mean clearly there were mistakes oh yeah um but uh, you know we've been through such i think that we all kind of forget just how much we've been through in the past sort of three years i, I try and repress it personally um <laughs> so that's 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 what i try and do but no you're right and in fact it gets to the topic that we were just literally kind of speaking about which is these sort of you know trial balloons through the wall street mm. journal china with unverified reports it drives me crazy but you know it, it does have sort of a real world effect i suppose eventually which is narrative control and yeah. that's what the rba stuffed up really when they did that forward guidance they stuffed up the narrative because uh, again it was another thing i was talking about over the weekend a little conference that i was lucky enough to attend through our with our buddies at fx evolution mm -hmm. um everyone in that room you know they were traders but they weren't macro heads and they all thought that the, the consensus was that they told us it wasn't going to go until 2024 and i said well they said they th the conditions wouldn't necessarily be met to raise rates before 2024. So it was kind of a forecast, but it doesn't really matter. You, you stuffed up the story. Yeah, and this is where the it sounds like semantics, but, you know, it's not when you're communicating to yeah. to the masses. But, yeah. But uh, I mean, is, this is the, and it just leads into what the Fed is doing tonight because it's got all going to be about the language and how yeah. they sell whatever they do. Because it's going to be 75. How are they going to sell this path to, 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 
to, to 5%, which the market is still priced for. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, they're going to continue to keep raising. I think that's what we need to take away. Um, and, and to your point about communication, I mean, do you notice how much we've been hearing from the RBA? Do you notice that last night Phil Lowe had a speech in the wake of a interest? Like, that never, that, that wasn't common. He, and he, he liked to be a little quieter, I thought. He, he, I, don't, I, I get the sense that he reluctant reluctantly well, I think speaks that they as realize much. That they, they have well, to yeah, they now. do, but like the thing is, it's yeah, they, they they do have to now out of necessity. Yeah. But it's it's um yeah, it's it's done almost uh, under suffering. Yeah, like sort yeah. of under sufferance a little bit. They yeah. prefer wouldn't that they weren't well, in this situation now. Yeah, I, I I can't I can't you know yeah, speculate. Yeah, speculate as to how they're thinking, but um yeah, it's it's noticeable that there's more strategic communication i think coming from the rba yeah for a bank that does not hold post meeting conferences which oh we man. are all going to be up listening to all eyes on the fed mm-hmm. rates set to rise by 75 basis points not going to be a surprise it will be pushing the rate up to four percent comes after moves in june july and september so it's what's going to come in December. That is the big question. And it's now. never been done in history, Mark Gardner told me on the last interview today. So watch that. He's got some interesting facts about how unprecedented these times are. Three themes for the close. Let's shut this down. We know what we're going to be talking about <laughs> tomorrow morning. You've got Tony Crescenzi from PIMCO in mm-hmm. first thing, which is great. Stuart Glickman from CFRA. Daniel Dubrovsky from Daily FX. Stephen Miller will be great on the Fed as well. One we get stock specific with Zacharias from Banyan Tree. And then it continues on and on and on. Great lineup of guests tomorrow. And yes, yes, we will do the last call on Friday as per usual. Kyle. And I'll have my have question, my that. China supply <laughs> demand question answered. Everyone must tune in for that. Okay. All right. Have a good night. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.